Space is hugely expensive, so why would countries choose to pursue a space program? Well, in the past, during the first space race, and I personally I believe still today, it really indicates a country's power and prestige. It indicates that you have economic prowess because you can pursue such an expensive program. It indicates that you have high technological capabilities. It indicates that you have um, political confidence within your country that you could sort of shore up the energy and the resources in order to do this. There's also always a military subtext because if you can launch something, a satellite, a benign satellite into outer space, you can launch an intercontinental ballistic missile by changing the payload that's on top of that rocket. In addition, I think that what countries are doing when they pursue a space program is potentially tapping into something that's intangible and you can't really put a monetary value on, which is indicating to the world that you're sort of at the front, at the front of human activity, of discovering who we are, going out into the universe. So this very um, sexy and romantic um, and ambitious project that you are able to harness. The American moon landing was a political victory um, in the context of the Cold War. Uh, there was the bipolar uh, space race going on between the United States and the Soviet Union, and the moon was sort of the unspoken prize. Having said that, the Soviets were investing more money into space stations, and after the end of the um, so-called first space race with the moon landing, the Soviets did carry on with their, uh, space, uh, with their space station program, and eventually launched Mir, which became a very prestigious space station. So it wasn't that after that moment everything just stopped. Uh, there were also six further Apollo moon landings um, resulting in 12 American astronauts walking on the moon before they ended in 1972. But at the same time the budgets for space exploration definitely went down after that point and attention shifted elsewhere. By most accounts, the United States is still the world leader in space for a variety of reasons. For one, they have by far and away the largest civilian space budget. In addition, you have to think about what their military budget is in space, which we might not know all the details of. Um, they also have a very robust commercial space sector. Having said that, it's worth noting both ways in which the United States program has you could say weakened in recent years and also the rise of other countries. With regard to the United States, one big issue is that they no longer have the ability to put astronauts into space since they retired the space shuttle. They now rely on the Russians in order to get to the International Space Station, although they're hoping that their commercial um, companies that are, have government backing from NASA will soon be able to bridge that gap for them. Other countries are also becoming increasingly active. You have those that are focusing on manned exploration. So for example, China has a manned space program now, becoming one of only three countries to ever have done so between the United States, Russia, and, and China. Um, India has also expressed an interest in having a manned exploration program. A lot of countries are talking about going back to the moon, either manned or not. Um, you also have countries like Japan that have interesting space exploration activities uh, rendezvousing with uh, asteroids and that sort of thing. And in addition, you have countries that have a healthy developing commercial space activities. So either the ability to launch um, their own 
satellites into space and perhaps build their own satellites or at least the ability and the interest and the budget to buy satellites and have them placed into orbits so that they're building up their own space infrastructure and a lot of countries have that now given that we rely so heavily on on space infrastructure for our day-to-day -day activities. The argument as to whether or not we should be investing money in expensive unmanned space exploration versus the more practical uses of outer space is very much one that's still alive and kicking. Um, people often fall into one camp or the other and frequently don't see eye to eye on it. In support of manned exploration, people say that there are things that humans can simply do that robots can't do. If we were to get to the surface of Mars, you would need humans in order to complete certain tasks. There's also a sentence mental romantic value to putting humans in space. It's just not the same to think of a robot being up there and doing the, the things that um, you know humans might be able to do on a on the moon or something like that. On the other hand, manned exploration is much more expensive and much more dangerous. Uh, and those funds can be reallocated to robotic missions that it's argued can achieve a lot more uh, for the same amount of money. To a degree, I think that some of the really practical uh, uses of outer space, so for example satellites for telecommunications, is being filled by uh, the commercial um, sector. So there's a lot of discussion going on about the moon right now. Uh, that's partly because there seems to be a renewed interest in going back there. China announced that they wanted to go back there and then Russia has announced that they want to go back there. Um, why would we go back there? There are some people who say we should, some people who we, sh we shouldn't. One of the things the moon has always been seen as is potentially as, as a launch pad onto further other planets. So if we were to go to Mars, it could be useful to use it as a stopping off point. Other people say we should just go straight out into space and, and leave the moon. Um, it also has resources that could be t potentially valuable. So helium-2 um, could be used as a fuel for you know, further furthering rocket missions, you could land there and sort of refuel. Also resources that might be able to be brought back to Earth. First of all, I think it's worth remembering that space tourism is not new. The International Space Station has been taking tourists since the 1990s. These were people who paid in the region of $10 million to go up for a week or so with the Russians who are partners of the uh, International Space Station. What's interesting about companies like Virgin Galactic is that as they lower the price and also shorten the amount of time in space, uh, you're potentially opening up space tourism to a larger market. Still a very elite market given the prices that we're talking about, but a larger market. They have had a lot of delays, however they were able to prove the concept of the plane in the earlier days, and so I do think that eventually it will it will start to happen. There's going to be a lot of safety issues, there's going to be environmental issues, there's also going to be legal issues. Do we treat these spacecraft as we would other spacecraft that go up into space for a longer time or do they fall under different rules since there's only I think six minutes of weightlessness? Um, you know, do they go far up enough for us to consider them to actually be in outer space? So there are a lot of issues that will need to be worked out but I do actually think that it will be viable but probably not on the short timeline that we're getting from the optimistic companies that are, are running them.